Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Moneres, and I'm passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. This week on the We Podcast, my guest is Ashley Colgate. Ashley is a Northern Colorado realtor focusing in and around Greeley. She's a member of the National and Colorado Association of Realtors, Greeley Area Association, a short sale and foreclosure resource, and on her way to being a graduate of the Realtor Institute. She graduated with her bachelor's from Colorado Christian University in organizational management in 2010. More importantly, she is the mom of five children and wife to a Greeley police officer. She is a strong supporter of business owners and community influencers. Recently, she has sponsored a website called Park Bench that encourages local neighborhood growth through promoting businesses in the area. Ashley wants to become more of a local expert for Greeley by connecting with business owners and influencers. During our interview, we chat about Ashley's story and what has brought her to where she is today. I know that you will be so inspired by her. So here we go. Here is my interview with Ashley. to have my special guest this week, Ashley Colgate. So happy to have you here. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for being willing to come on and have a chat with me. And I'm super excited to really to get to know you better myself. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yay. (laughs) Yes. So I saw you on Facebook, you had done a couple interviews with a couple ladies that I know. Yeah. And when it popped up, I was like, Oh, what is this? I need to know more about it. And so looking into it, I was, you do, you interview local business owners. Yes. To, well, maybe you should describe it because I probably won't. I'm, I know I won't do it justice. Uh, <laughs> so I'll let you describe it. But when I saw this, I was like, whoa, I felt like without even knowing you, we kind of had kindred hearts, like similar interests and and desire for community and bringing people together and highlighting other people. So I just thought that was so awesome. And I had to interview you. Yeah, that's absolutely why I chose to be a Park Bench sponsor. So the site is Park Bench. one of the the things to do is to to connect with business owners and really anybody in the community that is interested in doing it or that I'm interested in, um, like community influencers, people with different ministries, cool stories. Like I got to interview a Canadian immigrant a couple weeks ago, which was so cool. Like I don't even think of Canadians as immigrants, so yeah. Um, but I've interviewed 
or highlighted several business owners in the area, a lot of different women. My intention was to give to them and to, to get to know them and help promote their businesses locally here in Greeley. And I have been so inspired by them and all their different stories. And it's really, it's giving back to me just as much. So it's, it's been really a huge blessing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think our stories are powerful and mm -hmm. knowing other people's stories, I really think it changes everything because so often we look at a person and we think we know about them or we, you know, we yeah. judge a lot of times, unfortunately, people do that. Mm -hmm. They they assume I know, I know about this person, but the reality is, is a lot of times we have no clue whatsoever. Yeah. And to be able to hear people's stories, I think just puts everything in a completely different perspective. It broadens the mind. It helps you see the world differently. It does. And it helps you connect with people instead of just kind of labeling them. Yeah, so. totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to judge someone if you don't know their story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, I also think it helps to, us to connect with ourselves because a lot of times we struggle and we think we're the only ones mm -hmm. struggling or going yeah. through something in particular. Mm -hmm. And so to hear other people's experiences, I think yeah. helps us just grow within ourselves. Yeah, and I think if you you are brave enough to go out and, and just talk to people and ask them questions about them, you're going to create commonality with each other, which helps break down those boundaries between, you know, community members, between business members, you break down jealousy, you break down all kinds of things because you're creating a common interest or a, a common experience with somebody you had, you had no idea about. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. such a good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I, I love it. So, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about where specifically people can find you and okay. so make sure to get those links for people oh, sure. uh, so that they can find your park bench uh, page. Sure. Yeah. All right. So now this episode is about your story. <laughs> <laughs> and before we started recording, you said that I had turned the tables on you because right. interviewing other people. <laughs> Yeah, I like asking the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm so happy that you're the one that gets to be highlighted because people I'm sure want to know about you as well. And so thank you for allowing me to flip the flip the tables. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get you next. <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe I spoke too soon. No. <laughs> so tell me a little about you. Are you from Greeley? I know you're really into local community and highlighting yeah. people in the community. So are you from here, or what? What? Where'd your journey start? No, I. Uh, my husband is from here, so I married into Greeley. Uh, okay. He was born and raised here, and so that was just kind of part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was born in Wyoming and my uh, family is oil and gas. 
So that's kind of a big deal right now. Mm-hmm. That's what we were raised in. And um, we moved to Colorado when I was 10. I think I have moved, I've lost track, but probably 26 or 27 times total. Wow. So between childhood and adulthood. So I've lived in Greeley now for like nine years, which is, and only in two locations, which is the longest I've ever stayed put. So I really feel like just in the last year and a half, Greeley feels like home. Mm. So, and I don't think I felt home since I was probably eight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Where all my memories were in this house in Riverton, Wyoming. And uh, that's the last place I really identified as home. Mm, that's huge until now yeah yeah it gives me the goosebumps a little oh yeah yeah to to be in a place I, I mean I think to feel like you're connected and like you belong and, and you have roots is so yeah huge. yeah that's good so, so yeah that's how I ended up in Greeley <laughs> I met my husband about 10 years ago Oh, actually, we met a long time before that, but it doesn't count because we didn't really know each other. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think like 10 or 11 years ago, uh, we met, fell in love, got married. So what's kind of your story be- before that? So you were in oil and gas. Yeah. So, and, and you moved a lot because of the oil company? Yeah, the oil or? field. Yeah, it just kind of like... Uh, a lot of times families will need to move wherever oil is being um, drilled. And so that caused us to move quite a bit. And then my dad's job brought us to Colorado. So I've been here since like fourth or fifth grade. I don't know how old you are then. But so I consider Colorado kind of my home, my home state, even though I'm not a native. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we lived, you know, just kind of all over Thornton, Westminster, those areas. and. Yeah, I got, I don't know, I have a huge story, so I'm kind of not real sure where to start. I need, <laughs> need a little, yeah. Dive in. Where um, is maybe the, the first significant place? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're still childbirth, so. I know, right? That was a huge deal. <laughs> Um, I became a mom at 19, so almost like a not teenage pregnancy, which <laughs> yeah. um, she was my bonus baby. I don't call her a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So she's my bonus baby at 19. I lived in Windsor at that time period. So I kind of, you know, strayed from my roots before that and was a, you know, doing some things that I probably shouldn't have done. And when I got pregnant with her, she kind of just was a, a big like stop sign for me. Like it's time to get your act together and stop fooling around. It's time to be a mom. So that's kind of, that happened at 19. Her dad and I didn't get married, but he stayed involved in her life the whole time. So uh, I got, I lived with my parents during that time period. My dad, thank goodness he was loving and gracious and didn't kick me out or anything like that. He was really supportive. And I met a guy uh, when Brittany was about two and a half and we got married a few months later. Oh, six months. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> give myself a little break there. It wasn't, wasn't long enough to make a good decision for me. Although there are a lot of people that have, you know, love at first sight stuff and they're married forever. So, but it wasn't, was not a good decision. We had two kids together, Ben and Bo. They're now 14 and 13. But yeah, we got married, moved to Colorado Springs, down kind of in the southern part of the state. And, you know, some difficult, difficult things happened in that marriage. And he ended up going to prison and he's still in prison. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty heavy. But not the way I expected life to turn out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So um, then I was the... uh, First, I started out a single mom of one kid. Then I was a single mom of three kids with two baby daddies. So I was starting to feel pretty uh, ghetto, so to speak, and lost a lot of my drive and passion and, you know, hopes and goals for the way that my life was going to turn out. So at that time, I moved down to Colorado Springs and lived with my mom and my stepdad. I got my real estate license for the first time in 2007. Um, my dad, my uh, stepdad, uh, you know, I have the best step parents, so we kind of interchange that title, mm-hmm. you know, like they're just great. So I worked with him. Uh, he's a really successful realtor, has made his career out of that and has done just a phenomenal job. But in uh, 2008, I don't know if everybody remembers the housing crash. <laughs> not good, not good for a new agent. So I went ahead and decided to go back to school and got my bachelor's degree in organizational management. So with three kids. Yeah. Yes. I actually started down in, um, what is it? CU Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, it was, it was different. I was there with a bunch of young college students, no parents, you know, and had my little, my little babies totting with me to the, you know, the library there. And it was, that was a difficult thing to do, but Mm -hmm. we made it. Mm -hmm. So uh, during that time period, I was really like, I don't know, I've always felt God's presence in my life and I knew he was there, but I think that's the closest. I mean, I was depressed, not clinically, because I never really went and talked to anybody about it. But I think it was just like, I felt like the walking dead. I was able to take care of business, take care of my kids, get my homework done, make meals. But there was like no emotional register, no joy in life at all. It was just, like it felt very disjointed. Life was going on around me, but I couldn't feel it. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, and I was dating some stupid people. Don't know why I did that. Still don't know why. <laughs> You know, we're just kind of broken people, but yeah. So in the midst of that, I had just uh, broken up with this guy, just trying to keep him at bay instead of settling because it was really a a time period where I thought, well, maybe this is the best that I can get at this point because of my life choices, Mm. because of my circumstances. Maybe this is as good as it gets. And am I willing to deal with this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was battling a lot of negative inner dialogue with that. And in the midst of that, you know, being depressed and trying to stay away from an unhealthy relationship, I got this letter 
or this request on MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So back in the MySpace days, I got a message from a guy named uh, John Colgate. And um, he sent me a message that says, hey, I think I have something I needed to tell you, but I wanted to ask permission first. And so I'm like, wow, that is the weirdest message ever. So I double checked with a bunch of our like circle, like, you know, how you can see friends of friends and stuff. I was like, yeah. is this guy like weird or creepy or should I accept a message from him? And they're like, oh no, John is amazing. If he has something to say to you, you should probably hear it. And so I told him, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can write to me. And he wrote out, this amazing letter. Whew. Um, he didn't know me. He didn't know my circumstances. He didn't know that I had three kids, that my ex-husband was in prison, that I didn't make my, you know, teenage relationship work. Like he knew nothing. And he wrote out this beautiful, encouraging letter. And he said, he's like, I had a dream about you. I could only see your face. And this is from back in the day where we kind of ran in the same circle but didn't know each other and he's like you were smiling but you were crying at the same time and you were trying so hard to hold on to joy but you just were broken yeah. and at the end of the letter he and this beautiful like just prayer he was like i feel like god wants you to know rescue is coming and that was just Bam, like I just like started crying in front of my computer. Like I just I could not believe that God would send a stranger through my space. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to me. Like all of that dead feeling I had would just like broke in that moment. It was really it was beautiful. Yeah. And so it gave me hope. It kind of helped it definitely helped me. Uh, not get back into that relationship I was trying to get out of. And then John and I ended up just writing to each other because he lived up here in Greeley. We would just email each other and write, you know, once or twice a day. And it, it was just, it was beautiful. It was like pen pals, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I would help him through girl problems. And he was just really funny. He's an amazing writer. And um, he's dating all kinds of different people. And uh, it ended up being kind of the highlight of my day was to get a message from John. And then all of a sudden, at some point during that, like there was no, in, nothing inappropriate about it. It was just sweet friendship. And he just stopped. <laughs> like we were going on probably four months of getting messages every day. Mm -hmm. and nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's going on? So I just, you know, sent like one, I'm a very responsive person, especially with like opposite gender stuff. Like I'm not going to pursue a friendship with somebody that's not giving back, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just stopped. I was sad and missed my letters and uh, mm -hmm. it made me feel special. And then, I don't know, it was probably a couple months later, I sent out an email forward of, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but it's like that snake. It's a video of a snake. It's like the largest snake found. Oh, and then it jumps out at you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was so scary. Yeah. 
like I think I fell out of my seat when that happened and so I just thought it was so hilarious I had to forward it to everybody and he happened to be in that list of the email forward and he wrote back and he's like dude I miss you and I was like duh and that was it you know we wrote a couple more times he wanted to meet me so our first date was in Colorado Springs I we went to Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> to get nice and messy and have no pretense. <laughs> and uh, I think I went pee like probably no less than 30 times in two hours. I'm so nervous. <laughs> and then after that, I went and dropped him off at my parents' house in Colorado Springs and left him there overnight. So just they could kind of vet him and see if he was legit. Cause I'd had a really bad track record of, picking good men so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And it went from there second date he dropped me off at his parents house in Greeley <laughs> I'm like wow like, yeah <laughs> awesome we're like well, you you've been writing for a long time so it's not like yes you didn't know each other at all oh absolutely yeah like yeah. we had really felt like we knew each other from all that writing so uh yeah we got married a little bit of time later with parents blessings and it was been a good thing yeah so uh let's see i've just been kind of here so i had the three kids uh john adopted ben and Bo, so he's their dad dad now which is great Brittany is at csu going to college and then we had two kids together we have boy girl twins oh awesome yeah and they're now five yeah I know. Uh, to date, I believe they are the biggest twins born in Greeley. Just <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna carry that badge with honor. <laughs> How much did they weigh? They were seven eleven and seven fourteen. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, and I'm like five foot four, so it was a miracle that I could walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So. Oh. Of course, I have questions. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Well, you you talked about something, and you were talking about, I had my daughter at 20. Yeah. And I was a single mom. Okay. Uh, Her dad later went on to be in prison. It didn't. Wow, see? I know, isn't it crazy? So weird. (laughs) This is why I was drawn to you. I'm like, I. So weird. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't anything he did while we were together, but. Yeah. So I totally get when you said that you were making choices that weren't very good for you because I was totally there for a pretty big period of my life as well. And I think that this is super common like Mm -hmm. that women don't because i know for me i didn't value myself at all my self-esteem was pretty low i i know i looked for my worth in other people and Mm -hmm. i think that people who maybe aren't the best are attracted to that (laughs) because it's easier to take advantage I don't know. I don't know if it's some kind of like, uh, you know, if you have positive people and negative t- people, they're attracted to each other because that negative person wants what that positive person has. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a, a predatorial thing, if it's intentional. I think it could be all of the above. But 
definitely well yeah like you were saying you probably not just guys because there's that saying that nice guys never win right Mm -hmm. so i think there's plenty of good nice men out there that can get caught up with really hateful women um as well so might be i don't know what causes the attraction in the first place but it's definitely uh it's there and gives us stereotypes so, <laughs> mm-hmm. um for me i think i would it was probably uh i i just i don't know i fell so head over heels and for him that i couldn't see straight so i don't know if it was just if he was a master manipulator saw that I was vulnerable mm-hmm. potentially you know I haven't spoken to him since I left so there's like restraining orders and stuff there was never any closure to that other than prison and divorce so I don't know any of his reasoning as to to why I did we were married for four years and it was the longest four years of my life um and I can see that because now I've been married nine and a half years and it's been Marriage is difficult and it takes a lot of intentionality, mm-hmm. um, but it's nothing like being, being uh, trapped, so to speak, for years where you feel like, oh, I can't get out of this because then he's going to take my kids or he'll lie about me or nobody will believe what's happening. Mm. So there's a, a long, long four years. Yeah, it's a hard place to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you're in that commitment of marriage, you don't want to just quit. You know, a lot of us are, are committed and we have, you know, we love our partners and we want it to work out. We have hope that it'll work out, that they'll change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's part of why you stay in those relationships. Um, so seeing those warnings ahead of time, taking things easy is a better more wise decision mm-hmm. 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 yeah yeah well that's something we talk about while well, i talk i don't know if it's just in therapy but that's kind of a pattern with people who maybe are master manipulators is it's always a whirlwind yeah so a lot of times i caution women from getting involved in whirlwind romance yeah because a lot of times that whirlwind is covering up mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But I also think you touched on something that is also a huge struggle for a lot of women, which is the shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you felt ghetto or you had kids by two different dads. And yeah. I think, man, shame is terrible. And I think continues to make, make us make choices that aren't probably necessarily what we deserve because maybe mm-hmm. we just feel like we don't deserve them. Right. Yeah. Like that. Um, and I know a consistent narrative in my head because as a little girl, I had an idea of what it was going to be like to be married, what kind of wife I would be, what I would be bringing to the table. And I couldn't bring that anymore. I had this whole huge story, these relationships, this drama. And the guy that I I wanted to be married to 
certainly that, you know, all of the, the dreams in my heart towards that marriage, certainly that couldn't come true anymore because of how I messed up. Mm. But that was a lie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You thought the, the perfect picture didn't exist for you anymore. Right. Exactly. Like my goals and dreams for marriage was going to absolutely be gone because of what had happened to me and the decisions I had made. And it was, um, the whole thing, and, and I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but the whole, the whole situation from start to finish really is a redemption story. Mm. And it showed me Christ's love in an absolute new way because we're broken, we're messed up, and we don't deserve his love necessarily, yet he gives it freely. And I think in my own life and the way that things were turning out for me, I didn't feel like I deserved the best. And John is absolutely the very best person that could have been put into a situation to not only help me relate to men in a good way and in a wholesome way, but also to father my children. And he, I know we don't like to set men up as rescuers and, but John was absolutely 100% that to me and a, a tangible use of God's love in my life. So mm -hmm. he's like physical proof that God sent that you are worthy and that yeah. you are loved and mm -hmm. that you, and that my kids were worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of people would view, and, and this drives me nuts, but they'll see a single mom or a single dad now, and they'll look at their children, and those children are baggage. They're, um, one lady in particular, there was a, I was at a, sitting in an open house, and there was some contractor guy that was interested in me, and she said to him, she's really nice, but she has three kids, and it made me so mad because our kids are treasures, they're gifts, no matter what circumstance they come out of. And her response should have been, yeah, she's really nice. And she has three kids. Yeah. So yes. my kids had been through a lot and they deserved a lot and God gave it to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, you keep giving me goosebumps all over. <laughs> Sorry, you could put a sweater on. It's chilly out. because it's just so touching it's so touching there's so much truth in that yeah you know like it's it's really easy to like when you're depressed and life hasn't gone out the way that you want it and you might be a victim of something and you're like why me why me and that can often skew how you feel like God is intervening in your life and you can put him at a distance or think, well, maybe he's punishing me or, you know, maybe he doesn't love me or maybe he's a distant God or maybe he's not even there at all. Maybe that was all fake. And like his ability to orchestrate the details in our lives 
is just so undeniable. Like if you can just attempt to keep the faith and attempt to keep moving forward, you will see the results at some time. Like he is orchestrating things behind the scenes, even when you can't see, feel, or hear it. It's just, it like blows my mind. I, it still continues to happen, you know, when you meet somebody and you're like, wow, God totally put that together. I can't even believe it. Like, how did he do that? Right. He doesn't even like live here. <laughs> it's so crazy. But yeah, he cares for the details of our hearts and our lives. It's just, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it today and it's, it's actually kind of crazy that you say that because this is something I've been thinking a lot about and how like you never know when it will be the day that you'll get that email from John Colgate or (laughs) you know what I mean? Or that you'll get that person will watch your live and want to connect with you or whatever like I yeah so often we forget that it's so much bigger than us mm-hmm. yeah yep and that one connection is all it takes sometimes mm-hmm. so I know it's like suicide prevention month this month and sometimes you just never know like the efforts that you're putting out there that smile that you're giving somebody saying hello or that text message or something like when you get those ideas to connect with somebody or to look at them in the eyes, like you should do it. Cause you never know when one little thing will make a huge difference. Totally. You're right. Yes. Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so your daughter is is she a freshman? Yes. Okay. So yeah. we make very parallel as far as our age and when we have them. Uh-huh. Who is a freshman at UNC this year? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. So awesome. Yeah, mine's at CSU. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do with that whole – is she living in the dorms? Yeah. Yes. Probably. Uh-huh. How was that for you? <laughs> that so – one of the most uh, challenging, most difficult things in my life, I got to do this dorm thing already four years ago. Brittany, when she was in middle school, she's like, hey, mom, I want to go live with my dad. Mm. Oh, so, and there was nothing wrong, inherently wrong in our relationship. Like we, she's like, we have a good relationship. And that was probably one of the most difficult things in my journey as a parent because uh, her dad doesn't live close. He's still in state, but um, that would have made me a weekend parent. And I actually like, I love being a mom and a mom, you know, she belongs with her kids and her kids belong with her. Like it's your heart. Right. And Mm -hmm. so letting her go um, at the age of 14, well, she started, I think she started asking when she was 13 or 12. And I was like, no, that's not happening. That's not happening. Like nothing against your dad, but we belong together. And she persisted. And I said, okay, well, we're just going to have to pray about this because I have to hear from God. Like, I can't let this happen unless I feel 
and know that this is a good thing for you. And so we pray together and I just imagine God's um, fist in my mind opening, like I had this tight fist, you know, clenched together. This is my children are in my fist, like I'm holding on tight to them. Mm-hmm. And I just imagined it opening up and letting her go. And I, I knew in that instant that, that I had to do it, no matter how hard it was going to be, that she needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I let her move in with her dad. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up being a great thing for her. It was hard for me, um, hard for both of us, because that was, you know, you were letting go in college. A lot of people are letting go in college. I just did it four years early. So mm-hmm. it was it was tricky. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but she's a good girl. It was good for her development and uh, having a relationship with her dad and her stepmom and her stepsister. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a good thing to do. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so so now, so he lives down in Littleton and um, she's now in Fort Collins. So I'm like, yay, she's yes. actually closer <laughs> to college. It's so awesome. I just met her for coffee this week. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It is hard. Oh my gosh, so hard, so hard to let him go. And we're able to see this is something she needs for Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Which I think that's a hard place to get to sometimes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a quick decision. It was really... you know, it was something she wanted for a while. It wasn't like she just got mad at us and was like, I'm moving to my dad's. (laughs) It was definitely a heart, a heart thing for her. She needed it. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Yeah. So, okay. So then you have the two boys and then girl boy twins. Yes. Okay. So yeah, they're 18, 14, 13. Ben's almost 15. 13 and then um Ashton and Isaac are five just okay starting this year oh awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah so do you you have just uh, the one girl or how many kids do you have I have my 18 year old daughter and then my husband and I have one more so I have a little boy who's six. Oh, yeah yep we got the huge spread yeah <laughs> That's been fun. That was one thing, you know, for not planning out all how my life went. Like, I absolutely love having that spread. Me too. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's, I, for me, it's been like I've been able to be super present in both of their lives. Yeah. You know, in, in their different seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been hard on him for her to move out for oh, school. Yeah. going to college and have to leave. Mm, you have a choice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you do, but I just won't help you at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a little persistent about the college thing. You are. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm not entirely sold on it, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like, I went to college and I'm a realtor. So <laughs> Yeah, totally. And I don't necessarily think we, I know a lot of people who don't use their degrees, and which I think is totally fine. I think yeah. 
the personal development, like the social development, that all of the things that happen during college are so important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and nobody can ever take any of that education or learning away from you either. It's something that you can keep with you forever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So tell me more about now your recent life. So you're a realtor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, so I, I stopped doing that back in the infamous crash. And uh, one of the reasons I stopped, because during that time period, I was receiving a lot of like state assistance because I was a single parent of three. So I had like my child care was getting taken care of. Um, I had like food assistance, all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. I, I had that because it allowed me to take care of my kids. And so then I'm working and I got my first commission check you know, and it was like $6,000, which was amazing. And I had worked like three months before I got that. And within two weeks, I lost all of the assistance I was getting. So, you know, childcare for three kids is super expensive. And, um, and then the market was crashing at the same time period. So for me, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have to go back to school. So I did that. Um, I could have continued working had there been something that, you know, in, in real estate potentially, but, you know, fast forward, got my bachelor's degree, got married, couple more kids. And when I, after I had the twins, I was like, okay, I am so done having babies at this point. Like that was amazing and wonderful. And I am done. Um, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? And I, I just, just like, you know, I'm going to get my real estate license again. I think I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think I'd be good at it. And so that's what I did. And I've just kind of been, as my twins are getting older, I'm putting more effort into working more. And I have big goals on the reason I bring up the 2008 thing and the food stamps and all that is I think real estate is a phenomenal career for women. It allows you to be present with your family, with your children, it allows you to make a lot of money if you can put in the effort to it um, enough to support yourself and the people you take care of. So I'm hoping, and I don't know exactly how this is going to work, but one of my big goals is to either start a team or a brokerage of some sort that takes at-risk women and coaches them and allows them to get their real estate license along with coaching and life stuff and structure it the the payments in such a way so that it's not necessarily commission at the beginning. So maybe they earn $6,000, but they're going to get paid maybe draws out of that. So they can still um, keep their assistance, which is vital, but also start earning income and then keep those, uh, the rest of that commission in like a separate account. And so that as soon as they have enough to actually live off of, and have clients built up and know how to do the job well and consistently, mm-hmm. then they can move off into independence and get off all the assistance and stuff. So I think, that is know, amazing. I don't know how to do it yet, but that's ultimately my give back goal. So yeah, I think it'd oh be pretty gosh. cool. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. would be so amazing. Yeah. So when you do that, tell me, cause I want to be involved. Awesome. <laughs> Well, as soon as my career gets, my own personal career gets into a place where I can 
uh, feel like I'm owning it, then I'm going to start trying to give back out. So I'll keep you in the loop. Yes. No, that's amazing because it is so true in that I, I, I say a lot that I feel like, man, single moms get, they're in a hard, hard place because it's like, you can't, if you work, you have to pay all this money towards childcare and you don't make enough money, you know, Mm -hmm. to pay for the childcare and support yourself at the same time. Right. But then you don't get assistance and yeah, there's all of these things that make it so tricky. Yeah. It's really hard to get to have goals and dreams and, and be affluent, like, or try, you know, have aspirations to be affluent when you're receiving assistance, because there's a, the, like that hard line cut off, like where you're getting assistance. And then if you go over that, even by $5, you're cut off and you're like, Oh wait, but I needed like, you know, 1800 to be able to pay childcare, you know, like five. So it really is, I don't think it was purposefully designed to keep people in poverty, but that's what it does do. Yeah, totally. So I totally agree. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went back to school, I felt like school was my only option. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah. I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. But at that point, mm-hmm, same, same thing. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I love having yeah. you thinking about how you'll give back. Yeah, it always goes back to that. So if I can make anything good out of that experience, other than, you know, raising amazing kids, it will be to help other people that get involved in those same situations. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think and, sharing your story and your experiences is so helpful too. And so I think today you've probably helped a lot of people. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So I like to end with uh, two questions. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So the first question is, what do you think or what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? Probably my failures. (laughs) Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's, I, I think when you're doing well, you're not as motivated to improve or change. And when I fail, and things don't go the way that I planned, I will correct things and keep moving forward. So those failures kind of instruct me on which way to go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that. I wish it was not that way. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) It's so true though. I think most people don't grow if they're comfortable. Mhm. Mhm. And we have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. In some way. Mhm. Yeah, but I I you know, I failed a lot and so I'm kind of learning to embrace it and it doesn't hurt so much anymore. Like my pride and mm-hmm. you know what other people might be thinking of my failure. <laughs> that used to be just crushing. Mm-hmm. Um but now I'm just kind of some of that stuff I just own and um, move forward and improve. And it makes yeah. me less afraid to move forward now because I'm getting more comfortable with it, I suppose. 
Yeah. And I think yeah. probably the more you share it, the more people are like, oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, right. Like, oh, I'm not <laughs> totally alone in this. I'm yeah. Grew up also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I do agree. We do. We have to fail, and we learn so much about ourselves within each failure. Yep. Yeah. All right. Second one is: is what do you want to make sure people know? So, walking away from this interview, what do you want to leave people with? What do you want to make sure they know? Uh, in life, or like anything. Like if I were to. <laughs> Probably more advice, but. <laughs> like, okay, so if I were to give like final words, I think what I want people to know is that people and relationships are absolutely the most important thing. Mm. Like we lose sight of each other so easily through tasks and obligations. Mm -hmm. And in the end of the day, like none of that is going to matter. It's going to matter. Your relationships are what are going to matter. So, and that that's not just at the end of the day. It's during the middle of the day and at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. so, so Yeah. People matter the most. Mm, I love that. Yes. I think relationships are the number one most important thing in our lives. As well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need each other. We were uh -huh. made to be in community and to to connect with each other on an authentic, deeper mm -hmm. level. And nowadays we have so many superficial relationships and so much fear to go deep and to be authentic. Yeah, I think I really just in the last month have been considering a concept of friendship and relationships and you meeting new people and even old people like you could know each other for a long time and as soon as we start to go deeper with people and we run into character flaws annoyances perhaps the person reminds us of someone in the past we tend to just retreat from it and i don't think that's right and mm. and I'm just processing all this right like currently, but and, and there is something to be said about protecting your heart and removing negative and toxic influences in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so that definitely has a really important place. But I think some of us in particular that have been hurt deeply by the most important relationships maybe get a little bit gun shy once we start running into people's issues. Mm -hmm. And then retreat into our own little safe places and on Instagram and Pinterest, maybe. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. We just need to be better about showing up. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. This is why I met you. Aw. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> We'll have to be in person now. Yeah, I agree. We live in the same city and we're right. all... <laughs> Yes, we definitely do. 
So why don't you let our listeners know how they can find you? Oh, yeah. So you guys can go to, um, if you want to see a bunch of these highlight videos that I'm doing to support local uh, business owners, um, you're going to find out a lot of things that you didn't know because these people are not paying for big advertising because they are tiny businesses. So um, you can go to parkbench.com forward slash 80634. That's the one of Greeley's zip codes and 80631 businesses and people will show up that in that as well. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. My Instagram is pretty fun because I feature a Barbie on there. Um, so I just kind of do fun uh, photography with that Barbie and all the different people I'm meeting and fun stuff in Greeley. Uh, it's Greeley underscore real estate for Instagram. And then Facebook, I think, is like Greeley real estate or something. I don't know. Greeley real estate services, I think. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But if you do Ash Colgate Realtor and Google, that, that stuff should show up. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And so local people know you are a realtor in northern yeah. Colorado. Uh-huh. And you can help them buy yeah. a house, sell their yeah. house. Yes, I love doing that. Good. So, yeah. Real good real estate is good for the, the local community. So Yeah. And something yeah. you mentioned too was you're an expert in was it short sales and foreclosures? Yeah, well, not an expert. Uh, a short sale and foreclosure resource. So I can help people in those situations um, navigate that, hopefully for a quick home sale um, or some other options for them. But yeah, there's okay. a lot of deadlines and things like that. So if, okay. if Prop 112 passes, we'll be seeing a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Which, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So do you help people find foreclosures if they want to buy them? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so, yeah. so much for being here. Absolutely. Here. Thank you. It was a joy. Aww, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Sarah. And that's a wrap, my friends, for episode number 29. What an awesome story of overcoming, perseverance, and hope. I love how Ashley encourages us to learn from our failures and to prioritize the relationships in our lives. If you would like to connect with Ashley, you can find her on Facebook at Ashley Colgate or Greeley Realtor, on Instagram at Greeley underscore real estate, and on her Park Bench site at www.parkbench.com slash 80634. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time. <music>